0: to your friends, listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.
0: Hello, another Retro Friday AI Ottima for you, my fan friends. This is the second of our autumn specials from October 2010. And what's next? Marmalade for lunch. I believe it's that one, my fan friends. That's worth listening to, isn't it? Thank you to everyone involved in this, Emma, Christian and Dan, and my producer, Ben Walker, to whom I'm indebted, as well as Chris Evans, not that one, of course. Uh, not the one from Jeffrey Epstein, and the nice one, who as done fantastic work with this and other podcasts. He's helping me out with twitch.tv slash RK Herring, which is still running. We've got Ali and Herring's Twitch of Fun. We've got Rahalastapaz recorded remotely. We've got Snooker. Who knows what I'll have come up with by the time this goes out. And uh, also, of course, my new book, The Problem With Men, is available at all good bookshops to pre-order. Did I say that at the beginning of this? I've lost all track of time. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy A.I.R. Tamar. From 2010 Marmalade for lunch As it occurs
4: to me As it
5: occurs to me As it occurs to me And
2: please welcome the man it's all occurred to Richard Harris.
0: Thank you. Leicester Square Theatre. We're back. This is where we belong this week. Then we're never going to the Bloomsbury again. In uh, uh, <laughs> two weeks' time, hello and welcome to episode 21 of the show that all blackjacks and fruit salad chews are calling AI, Atoma. AI Atoma. It's recorded live. It's unedited and it's totally... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a show where anything can happen. Last week, you may remember, I killed God, which um, caused some consternation amongst the religious communities, I have to say, but I should point out that I only killed one of the gods. There are still plenty more to choose from. The God I killed apparently was the Methodist God, so um, if you're Methodist, sorry about that, uh, you're going to have to change Uh, allegiance, I don't know, maybe go uh, for the Baptist one? Uh, personally, I've never really been able to tell those two apart, to be honest. So, uh, it's the same thing, really. I, I want to make it clear to any Muslims listening that your Islamic God, whatever he is called,
4: <laughs>
0: is still alive, he's doing fine, and for my money, he's the best one of all the made-up gods, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not trying to create any trouble here. That is definitely a Christian God that has gone. Uh, For those of you uh, who don't know what As It Occurs To Me is, probably the best way to catch up and explain it is to play you the trailer of the upcoming Hollywood blockbuster that everyone's talking about. Uh, All about the shady and underhand way that As It Occurs To Me began. It's been Americanized a little bit. It's all different American actors playing the parts. You've probably seen the trailers for it. It's called The Social Leper. (laughs)
4: He's a
5: He he's a weird This fall, see the story of the biggest internet phenomenon of the 21st century.
6: I, I need to do something substantial to gain the attention of the TV executives.
4: But
7: but why, Richard? Because I, I,
6: I want to be on the telly. Please, let me be on the telly. I, I didn't want you to be on the telly.
0: The vision of one washed-up comedian who couldn't get any paid work, so decided to just do it all for nothing.
4: You know,
6: people want to go on the Internet and hear comedy with the swear words in it and, and accurate impressions of Scotch people and, and with, with none of the mistakes edited out, so why don't we give them that?
7: Because you're not funny and you're a weird nerd with no friends and you're sitting in a high backed armchair. Less talking, more dancing
6: from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look what they made me do on my semi circular toilet
4: <laughs> This
6: is your fault. Your fault! Did I tell you to stop dancing? <laughs> Talking about taking everything I've done this week and and putting it in a comedy show.
7: But won't that be boring?
6: No, 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 of course it won't. You know, just the other day I I passed a motorcycle clothing (laughs) (laughs) shop.
5: After just one week, the show had exceeded all expectations.
4: You got
7: four hits in two hours. Four. T. Four T hits. It's it's
6: already the most successful internet-based stand-up and sketch show of all time. It's
7: the only internet stand-up and sketch show. Did I tell you to stop dancing?
0: (laughs) And the money just kept rolling in.
7: I I don't believe it.
6: We've made an average weekly fee of $85.11 each. $85? Isn't cool. You know what's cool? Eighty-six dollars and eleven Shut up, Justin Timberlake. What are you even doing in this film? You're, you're nothing to do with it. We you meant to be. They're all handsome. Dan Tetzel, don't think so. No. But there was a cloud
0: on the horizon.
6: <laughs> hey, you stole my idea. No, Tiny Andrew, I didn't.
4: <laughs>
6: Your idea was to do a comedy podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hurry up, I'm forgetting my No, accident. Tiny Andrew, I didn't.
6: Your idea right, was we'll to do a comedy podcast in an epic, I am doing it in a theater.
0: It is different. I'm going to sue you for every penny you've got. Aside, I won't be able to. <laughs> Legally, I don't have a leg to stand on. I'm totally bluffing. Tiny Andrew Collins. This guys in so much trouble. they are going to have to kill him. You can't kill me. Without my aside joke, the whole enterprise will fail. <laughs> aside, it won't. No one will even notice I've gone. The <laughs> Social leper in cinemas now
6: life is like a roulette wheel. One day we give it a spin?
4: <laughs> With
0: Al Pacino as Lembitopic. <laughs> hey, hurry!
2: You do the mispronouncing of the word pumpkin and I'll do the
5: jokes. <laughs> <laughs>
4: As it
5: occurs to me
0: Thank you. That is the end of that bit. Thank you. You are correct to applaud. <laughs> You could tell that it's going to be a great film because you can tell the whole they tell the whole story in the trailer that is the sign of how you know that the film is good because you see the whole film but uh, you know I couldn't make this show on my own I need some meat puppets to say the words I've written down who they are is largely irrelevant actors are ten a penny they exist only to fulfil the jaded sexual needs of producers and directors, and very occasionally, if they don't understand how things work, writers and comedians. Which uh, <laughs> is why no one realises or cares if you kill one and leave it out by the bins. But uh,
4: <laughs>
0: as it happens, the easily replaceable and expendable marionettes and human pumpkins who join me each week are Dan Tetzel, TV's Emma Kennedy, and on the guitar, Christian Riley. Thank you. Hi, Dan. Hello.
2: What, Hi. Has, what has occurred to you this week? Uh, uh, my self-esteem's taken two terrible blows. Uh, one, my toddler daughter pointed at the X Factor on television when uh, that man Wagner was singing and said, Daddy.
4: <laughs> That's
2: quite insulting. Um, LAUGHTER and uh, I also... But uh, chillingly accurate. Chillingly, chillingly accurate, that, yeah, yeah. It was a bit, but... to the kick to the head, but and so it was a call to you know, a sanity. I also uh, found a floppy... I got a floppy disk drive and finally went through those floppy disks I've been carrying around for 15 years. And they had uh, my university essays on them and I, I thought, oh, these would be interesting to, Oh. Oh, God. Oh, I, oh, I'm an idiot. Oh, I, I, I was an idiot. I've written to a certain extent. What? <laughs> So, what? And the, the title, From Unity to Disarray, Workers' Theatre, 1930 to 1970. Awesome. Uh, the roots of Punch and Judy in the 18th century working class experience.
4: Oh, wow.
2: you'll like this one down the front. Race, propaganda, and street theatre in the Third Reich. True, it's absolutely true. And jokes at their mont- most tendentious. The humour of Roy Chubby Brown and Andrew Dice Clay. ...from a Freudian
4: perspective.
0: (laughs) Fucking embarrassing. <laughs> there can't have be been much in that essay about street theatre in the third Reich and their puppets in the third right. Just yeah, what, it wasn't really.
2: Do you really want to get into it. The theory was all right. <laughs> just the, the writing style was slightly nomic.
0: <laughs> How about you, Christian? what has occurred to you? That's the that I'm using the name of the show. What has occurred?
3: Well, to you? I went to see uh, even this time last year. I went to see a dinosaur rock band called Y&T. Yeah, well, they came round again. I went to. The, did you go and see them? No. Some... No. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, <laughs> I like them, not that much.
3: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was great. And uh, there, was, there was, this, there was this moment in the toilet where um, they played a big song. they were,
0: is that they're quite. A, yeah, yeah, they're the, not that big a band then, right? Yeah, there yeah, they
3: yeah. And uh, they played a really big song, and okay. it was time for a piss break, you know, because they played a bit of filler, and the song was called "Rescue Me." It's like a, it's like a classic anthem, and so we're all at the urinal it's kind of you know you could smell patchouli oil it's kind of tense you know Grebo guys you know and then somebody went how fucking good is rescue me <laughs> went, yeah yeah really good you know, it really broke the tension but it's not funny none of that's funny <laughs> you, you know, talked but it many is what right. occurred to me and then did you go um, should we, should
0: Shall we should we in go in the cubicle and back in the <laughs> I've got a I've got, there's a semicircular mat in there. <laughs> look there we go. And the, Emma, has anything yes. amusing happened to you? Well, no, i don't keep forgetting to say to Christian, don't just pick <laughs>
4: yeah. two just minutes from the week and just say yeah. what happened
0: in them. Yeah. Try and think of something that was funny. Yeah. Have you got oh, one yeah. of those? Well, I was funny when you were there, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything about you that guy over it. there that didn't go has no, completely robbed himself. You just play the guitar. None of us can do that. <laughs> oh, <okay.
7: laughs> uh, I've taken up cycling. And yeah. And I got myself a, a proper racing bike two days ago and it's like sitting on a knife, a very sharp <laughs> knife. And I am saddle sore in places that I actually didn't know existed. And I've looked into this because I've 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 got some very tender areas down here that actually haven't got a name. <laughs> And so I went on Twitter today to see if I could find out what, where my, what my soul bits are called. And people were saying, you know, is it your Bajingo? No. Is it your Vajayjay? No. Is it your Clackalackadackadack? No, it's not there. Is it your Chocolate Wazoo? No, it's not there. Is it your Perineum? No, it's not there. It's the area east of the pouch of Douglas, but west of Biffin's Bridge. There is no name for it it's like we've discovered a new species <laughs> so I've called it my verjizzle bizzle if any of you have got any suggestions because it is, it's brand new, it's a brand new area that has never been named so if you want to send me your suggestions for what the sore saddle area in my lady secret garden is called then, then please write in, Phil Jupiter has already suggested it just be called Mrs Beaton's Nook <laughs>
0: should name after you, Emma. It should be called the Emma Kennedy's area. Yeah,
7: yeah it should. Oh, and I can do a quick poo anecdote. Oh, oh, good. Thank God for
0: that. Yeah.
7: Someone sent me one today. Uh, they...
0: You're like the Nigel Rees of poo. Yeah, you
7: know, I know. I know. Someone walked into the foyer uh, of a theatre in Yorkshire and to see a tramp just shaking his, bo- his leg and a poo came out of the bottom of his trousers.
4: <laughs>
7: <laughs> People send me
0: this shit. There's <laughs> <laughs> a tramp efficiency Well done.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
7: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Anyway, let's see what has occurred to me this week.
7: Thursday. Uh,
0: I was surprised, uh, but rather flattered. I was sent a link by someone on, on Twitter to a uh, to recruitment news website with genuinely revealed quite a change of direction for my career. This is what it, it said. Vault
7: names Richard Herring as managing director. Vault's European Staffing Business Unit of Vault Information Sciences Inc. has announced the promotion of Richard Herring to Managing Director. Mr. Herring will be responsible for Vault's staffing operations in Europe and Southeast Asia.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm very glad to be offered that. I mean, that is—it's uh, a bit of a change in direction for me. I mean, in a way, I thought I had to do it. I, I was sad to be leaving behind comedy, just as things seemed to be taking off for me a little bit. But, you know, I felt if Vault had put their faith in me and thought I could do that, then I'd have to give it a go. It's no Ealing Council, I'll give you that, but I'll do my best. Friday. So, I went into my first day at work at Vault Information Scientists, Inc. <laughs> Hello, can I help you? Yeah, I'm Richard Herring. I'm the new managing director. Where is my office?
1: Um, sorry, I don't really...
0: Actually, don't tell any of the proper people who work here. <laughs> proper the, people? You know, the, the businessmen, not the receptionists like you. The proper people. Don't tell them, but I don't really know what goes on here at all. And what is information sciences exactly? I've never um, heard of it. Um, who are you again? I'm Richard Herring. I'm the new managing director. So mm. you might want to treat me with a little bit more... Sorry, what's going on here?
7: Oh, Mr Herring. Yes? um This man's claim to be you
0: (laughs) he wishes (laughs) who are you I am Richard Herring oh my god how about how it's like a mirror has been placed between I am Richard Herring do you think we're clones because I saw this brilliant film last week um, we're we're obviously not clones we we don't look
2: anything like each other you've just got the same name oh oh
4: Oh,
0: right, so you're the new managing director. Yeah. Oh, yes. that kind of makes a lot more sense okay. now. I, I explain, because I was wondering why I hadn't got a letter or anything. I mean, it was quite a lot like the chances I would just see that on the website were quite uh, unlikely, really. I don't really look into that. I don't, hey, I, I, you know, the thing is, I've given up, I've given in my notice as a comedian now to come and do this, so I can't. Okay, okay. Um, I don't suppose we could just share the job anyway do the due I don't know what you do exactly as a managing director but maybe we could help it and well, share the, the money look after the
2: staffing for our European and Southeast Asia businesses yeah. I
0: could help you look, I could look after the staff no, in South no, Asia no obviously not
2: that would be, that would be silly well
0: okay uh, well no maybe it's you know, not lost because maybe well, I could turn this right. into a kind of comedy thing maybe I could maybe if I went around the world meeting all the Richard Herrings I could do a show about yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, Dave Gorman did that already.
4: Uh,
0: really? Why would he want to meet all the Richard Herrings? That seems, that seems unfair.
5: <laughs> As it occurs to me, Richard Herring's one of those guys who do comedy who I will always really want to like but can because he's not that funny. <laughs>
0: uh, Uh, You may know I've given up looking at the iTunes reviews now, the one-star reviews, but I've I've been just Googling myself and and trawling the internet. That came from Mobson7 on the Radio 4 message board, a message board I really wish that I hadn't discovered, I have to say. It's a... <laughs> That's one of the more charming of just complete criticism of my new show, Richard Herring's Objective, that went out on Thursday. Unlike most internet-based maniacs and lunatics, uh, Mobs in Seven demonstrates a rare and clever subtlety there by explaining how much he wants to like me... But even so, he can't like me. That is clever. It undermines me much more effectively than pure abuse. So you trolls, come out from under your bridges and hail Mobson Seven as your king or queen. Wednesday. And the big news this week was, of course, the successful rescue of all 33 Chilean miners who were plucked out of the earth by a gigantic cock-shaped rocket. Uh Amazing way to go. You would have had to have a heart made of stone not to feel a te- tear in your eye as the first miner returned from this living hell safe and sound. But by the time it got to minor 15, I can't have been alone in thinking that the whole thing would have been a bit more interesting if something was going to go wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure all the journalists wanted that, and whoever had bought the film rights to the story definitely wanted that. A fraying cable or a monster to come out or something, but I think even the first 14 miners must have been thinking it, thinking it a little bit, don't you? They'd get a bigger cut of the pie, a bit more of a story if the others didn't make it up. Uh, And to be honest, so did you, didn't you? You can pretend you didn't, but you hoped. Not something life threatening maybe. Just something to... Because we've been raised on reality TV that throws in some surprises and some twists. The whole thing was just too efficient and successful, and no one got humiliated. If nothing else, uh, one of the miners could have come out with a pterodactyl or something, couldn't he, on his back? Uh, The Chilean president was on hand to greet the first miner. What an amazing publicity coup for him. Though if it had been me, I'd have been fighting the urge to push that miner back down the hole again.
7: It's
2: incredible to be back in the open air again. I'd like to thank God my rescues and the
0: president... Why did you do that, Presidente? Because it's funny. It was so unexpected. After all that effort and the brilliant PR for me, you know, I came from Italy yes. originally, but uh, for me to push him, it was hard to become president of Chile. And to push him straight down. Again. I'll have a margarita, please. Thank you. Comedy is not about surprise. There can be nothing more unexpected than his pointless and self-defeating act. boom. <laughs> I stayed Abu. in character all the way. The next day, I was watching footage of my the final minor coming up, boringly unharmed. Yeah, maybe psychologically. Where's the fun in that? When my non-imaginary girlfriend joined me, uh, you may remember how her naive questions about the world cup and that helped me through the second series of Hey Artema, but uh, uh I think she might actually be an alien visiting the planet to learn about our kind because she seems to not know anything about the planet earth or have any human emotions. Uh, she hadn't watched any of the previous coverage and she seemed unmoved by the miners pl- plight. The only thing she said was, "Why
7: is he wearing sunglasses?" I'm sure it must have been dark enough to- down there.
0: <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, that, she genuinely said that. It's more gold from my strange non fictional alien girlfriend. Uh, I tried to front it out. I said, he's just one of those annoying blokes who thinks it's really cool to wear sunglasses wherever he is. But she didn't believe me. She just said,
7: mm. So, um, when are we going to get married,
4: though?
7: <laughs> All those minors are marrying their girlfriends, <clears throat> even the ones who are already married to other people. We- <laughs> when you're going to marry me or preferably Emma Kennedy damn that bloke from the Westfield why'd he open this can of worms up Richard yes during the first half yeah I had a call from my mother this is at City 2 she's in Seville on holiday nice and she said I've had another dream about Richard Herring (laughs) and the regulars will, will remember her first dream about Richard Herring which was really wrong (laughs) and she said I was on my knees in front of him (laughs) begging him to marry you
0: well I I think (laughs) out of the two I think I might have to where I thought that was going and you thought it didn't you (laughs) By Friday, all that was left to do was report on the aftermath of the the mining disaster. Now, I'm pretty sure all the journalists must have had some kind of training for this job because there were were a lot of problems to avoid embarrassing mistakes.
7: Right, everyone. Now, obviously, we're reporting on an important and serious story and we don't want to accidentally make people laugh by an ill-chosen phrase. There are certain pitfalls to avoid. Yeah, good. Good, you spotted it. The first pitfall in this instance... Is of course using the word pitfalls. Now there was, been, there has been quite a serious actual pitfall. That's really what this story is all about. So to refer to metaphorical pitfalls would be inappropriate. But the other big concern is that the word minors has two meanings. It can refer to minors, people who mine, or minors, young people who are not yet adults. So please take care in your reports. And avoid creating a
0: rich seam of comedy. Rich seam? Rich seam? Is this thing on? But uh, the reporter on the ITV News on Friday, lunchtime, must have been concentrating so hard on not using the word minors in a sentence where it would be misconstrued as minors that he tripped up in a different way.
2: All the men are in remarkably good health. A couple of them are being kept in for observation, but the others are suffering from minor complaints.
0: You could see in his face, he was immediately thinking... Oh, cockles.
2: Oh. I forgot the other meaning of minor. Oh, what, a, what an enormous prick.
0: But he, just, but he just said... Back to the studio. Meanwhile, everyone at home had, who had seen the report was coming up with actual minor complaints and what they might be. I know I was. Here's, here are some of mine. Yeah, Mine. mine this thing on? Um, so the minor complaints.
7: This pickaxe is not quite sharp enough.
6: Oh, it's so difficult to keep my clean clothes, clothes, clean. Oh. Cocktails.
7: Mm, I, I hate it when people keep making a joke based on a minor. One who mines, sounding like minor. A young person.
6: I preferred it when we were in the mine. Oh. <laughs>
3: is
0: suitable for minors.
4: Oh, I hate that.
0: Thursday, back in July, on the way back from the Latitude Festival, I somehow managed, even though it was a traffic jam all the way, uh, to get caught by a speed camera. Uh, I, I had the choice of adding three points to my licence, which already has nine on there, more or less, uh, or attending a speed awareness course. I opted for the latter, sensibly, even though I'm actually aware that speed exists. So I didn't tell, <laughs> I didn't tell them that. I thought I could be a step ahead of the rest of the people there. Um, So on Thursday I had to travel to Ipswich. I decided to go by train uh, in order to prevent myself picking up three points whilst in the process of travelling to Ipswich to nullify the three points I already have. It would be a shame to go to Ipswich for no reason, after any Ipswich is, is the worst place in the world. It may just be my own personal uh, experience of this. Back in July, before the Latitude Festival, I've been to Ipswich for my birthday. I wanted to go uh, to uh, to see some archaeology nearby, and uh, and but on the 11th we went and had some food with my girl, my real girlfriend. And uh, the morning of the 12th of July, I was just I had food poisoning, or maybe it's just I was in Ipswich and I was vomited for four or five hours, and that started. Uh, with, I, I got up really early in the morning and I had really bad diarrhoea and I went to the toilet and I was, and, there was and then I realised I was going to be sick but I didn't have time to flush the toilet the sick came so quickly so I was sick on my own diarrhoea and I tell you if, you if you want to be sick that is a good way to be sick to be sick on your own diarrhoea That if you weren't sick already that is my memory of itch that was the last time I was there <laughs> and this was the last place I had an alcoholic drink I haven't had a drink for 99 days today that is because of that experience anyway I, I got a taxi from the station on Thursday to the industrial estate where the course was taking place there was a sign up in the car saying
7: if you soil the taxi you will be charged a fee for cleaning
0: I don't know if that was just there for me if I had a previous in switch, they knew here he comes old sicky McSick did you see what he did in that hotel room I mean, it's fair enough, though, that they, that they have that sign. But uh, ten minutes into the trip, my senses were assailed by a very unpleasant smell. It became clear that the rather corpulent tax dri- taxi driver had farted and my nostrils were being soiled by the odour of his intestines. Did he offer me a discount on the fare for him? No. It's one law for him and another for us, isn't it? Surely there should be a law against taxi drivers farting in their cabs when a customer is in the back. I mean, that, that fart refused to die. It hung in the cab like a, an extra passenger that felt no compunction to contribute to the cost of the fare. I said nothing about it. I was too embarrassed. I did attempt some subtle wafting uh, to no avail. The fart was as close to being solid as a gas can be, but was still gaseous. You couldn't, you couldn't get rid of it. It just stayed in one place. Uh, but when it came to paying up, rather than claiming a discount that I was morally entitled to, I actually gave him a 20% tip. Uh, not because I'd enjoyed wallowing in his anal vapors, especially, <laughs> but because I am weak, so I didn't challenge him. You know, if I had my time again, I wish I had challenged him. If I could turn back time, thanks to A.I. Otima, I can. If I could turn back time
5: what would I do differently? Oh, 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 if I could turn back
0: time. <laughs>
4: oh,
0: oh, 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 dear. Oh, it, excuse me, taxi driver, can I just ask, have you farted? What, no, no, how dare you, Well, someone has farted in this cab and it is not me.
2: Might be outside, is it,
0: for <laughs> It's not outside, you lying man. It is inside. It has come out of your rectum, and I would like to draw attention to the sign I have hanging from my forehead.
2: Sign? What sign? Didn't
0: you see it on my? As I got in, it's on my forehead. I put on especially. Hang
2: on, yeah, there you go. Taxi drivers be warned: if the nasal passage of this passenger is soiled by an anal emission created by you during any taxi journey, then no payment will be incurred, and a fee will be charged for nostril cleansing. Surprised I didn't see that, yeah. really. <laughs> It was right there. Yeah, it was right off was... my yeah.
0: yeah, and you don't like it up you do you? You hoist with your own petamine. Yeah, I, don't... I thank you, yeah.
2: Well, no, okay, fair enough, very clever. Um just one thing
0: I don't get. What is it, my flatulent cabbie?
2: Well, alright, you have seemingly have the ability to turn back time, right? Yeah. But rather than using that power to avoid getting in my cab and avoid the fart altogether <laughs> You chose to still get into the car, right know.
4: Well,
2: yeah, to teach you a valuable lesson. I know, but this way, you, you know, you might get a free journey, but you still get assailed by the guff, and that is a... I mean, even for me, that is a bad one, i would admit that now. So, I mean, if you have... I mean, God, I can chew it. Now, if you have... If you have the ability to turn back time, why don't you travel back to July to stop yourself speeding in the first place so you don't even have to come to Ipswich? Or back to the 1920s, so you can kill Hitler. I mean at least back to my supper last night, tell me not to eat those beans.
0: Well I thought it was better to teach you less man. Oh
2: I'm afraid. I'm afraid to tell you time travel is wasted on you, mate. You have a you have a paucity of ambition that would embarrass even Gary Sparrow
0: (laughs) Oh boy Oh oh no it's it's Sam Beckett just lent into your body
4: there.
0: I don't know what you mean. Wait, where am I, Al? And what's that smell? Ziggy says, beep, beep, beep. There's a 90, oh, there's a 90,
2: oh, God, no, no, I can't. I, even I can smell that one. I'm a hologram. I, I'm not even here. Oh, God, that, no, sorry, you're on your own. I have to get out of here. Oh.
4: If I
5: could turn back time, what would I do differently? I'd end up in a postmodern car. With a semi-fictional character that gained self-awareness about the paradoxes of time travel, and still inhale a big, horrible fart. If I could turn back time.
0: The popular. If I could turn back time. Second. Good, let's go... Fart-based humour. Let's go down... Da- <laughs> let's go down... Fart, but just is about farts. So it's got it based on it. Let's go down into the audience to see what has occurred to our band of misfits this week. So has anyone got a brilliant story to tell us about? There's a man straight up that's a worryingly enthusiastic... What's, uh, what's occurred to you, sir? It occurred to me this week. It occurred to me this week. That I was on. That I was on. The my Podcast! The Aartima
4: Podcast! Abu! Abu! Abu!
0: You know, to be fair, more
2: thoughts gone into that than this. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: There's a ha- I can see a hand over here. I'm getting the name James. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, what was the... Was there someone there? There was a hand up and that's gone down. <coughs> you one of these fellas who were just stretching out your arm. No? Okay. Uh, anyone else? Were you going to do that to the same one? as Is- I- I've gone, oh shit, he's done my one. It occurred to me. It occurred to me. Well, well here we go, So You're nearby. It's not recent, but I've got a turd turd story you've got a tramp turd story I think we'll forgive you that it's not this week uh, given it it's, safe, it's nice it's not all about shit this show <laughs> sometimes it is about spunk. Uh, <laughs> yes what's your story so sir it
4: was at Wimbledon
0: waiting for a bus right which is outside the uh, center uh, court, sta- um, yeah, centre. Centre court shopping center
1: yeah shopping center the center court right. shopping center yeah
0: and middle Saturday afternoon in a corner tramp- just squatted down got this kex yeah. and had a shit right in the middle of all this yeah, yeah. where's he gonna go
4: <laughs> <laughs> he has got a house I see
0: that's by there a <laughs> the man has to go a man has to go, <laughs> go yeah what's intriguing is if you're a foot off the ground you're turd like a dog just
4: sort of kill t- <laughs> Are we more upset by the tramp
0: or for, the man the watching, listening. watching people. the man, the tramp doing a poo, yeah. cr- obviously crouching beside him doing a scientific experiment?
7: We we should. Point it was out, fascinating,
0: was it, sir? Good.
7: We should point out for people listening that the jet. What's your name, sir? Mark. 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 <laughs> Mark. Mark. Sort of indicated that the poo came out like a Mister Whippy.
4: <laughs> Thank you
0: for that. I once had to do a poo. 200 yards from my own flat. So I was, I was walking home, and so desperate for a poo, that I couldn't even wait the 200 yards. And I managed to sort of get behind a wall, and it was it was massive. It was unbelievable. But imagine if someone had seen you do that and then go, "But you Richard. you just live up that road. You live. Why are you shitting in my?" the entrance you just live up. I just couldn't wait you live 200 yards from here I did a poo in a bucket in
7: my garden
4: you had
0: to do that you were forced to do Uh,
7: that no for fun (laughs)
0: did it it curl up like a Mr. (laughs) Whippy 43 years old anyone else let's have a non-poo based uh, anecdote Uh, if there is no all the hands have gone down everyone had their hand up and then uh, I can't see oh yes hello Hello. Hello.
4: Hello. (laughs) It occurred to me that... It occurred to you that...
0: No less than three times when I have knocked on my flatmate's bedroom door... No less than three times when I have knocked on my flatmate's door... He has
4: hurriedly done up his fly before answering. He has hurriedly done up his fly before
0: answering. we heard that through the door. (laughs) Did you hear it all? It's a spunk-based anecdote which is uh, away from the... It't the fecal matter. Unless he was doing his shit in there. <laughs> Just quickly, hurriedly. Let's say he was doing his shit. Who's done the shit closest to their own toilet without it being in their toilet? Because that one is winning so far. I was five metres away. I, I was a long way to go. Has anyone done a shit in the bath one foot away? in the bath now it'd be ashamed to get out just to do a shit <laughs> it's a self-cleaning shit <laughs> let's see if we've got on there so you know an achievement something wonderful that's happened the birth of a child
4: <laughs>
0: there's someone got a light on them there
4: <laughs> I don't I don't want to follow that last one you don't
0: either. want to follow that last one not literally <laughs>
4: Down because I didn't
0: want to say well, it's all right. I've done, we've done something else now. you got it. That's it. Now we'll, we'll play some music now. When we edit it, we'll play. <laughs> no, no. I put my hand down, and then
4: Emma points at me anyway. In this guy shot a light on me. And, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, now you now you are duty bound to share. <laughs> um, you can't retract. You, know? you can't retract the as it occurs to me. What's are it You? you his flatmate. <laughs> 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 well, I I live live in Berlin You live in Berlin? (laughs) Is that it? (laughs) Were you there when David Hasselhoff uh, brought brought down the Berlin Wall? Did you throw the firework? (laughs)
4: No, I
0: didn't No? Have you been uh, to the Berlin Wall Museum? Yes, I have Quite nice, isn't it? Have you ever gone to the airport and had a pint of beer, like a big glass of beer and a sausage in a bun? Yes, I
4: have. Really nice, isn't it? <laughs> That's the best airport
0: food I've ever had. So Henry says I'm xenophobic against the Germans, remember what I've said <laughs> on the record. The best big curly sausage and beer came from Germany. And if Churchill had been less pushy, I'm just saying Heathrow would have been better.
4: Wouldn't
0: <laughs> think about it, like huh? Oh, yeah. it's nice, uh, Thanks for joining anyway. Um, Sorry. I'll take one more. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, where, yes, sir. Hi. Hello. It
4: occurred to me this week. Oh, I
0: think someone different's talking than I'm looking at, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well,
0: well, you're really good at throwing your voices. Excellent. But you know, go whoever whoever's talking in a loud voice. <laughs> didn't it occurred. Hello. Hi. It occurred to me that I had the lowest voice in the room. I would like to put out that challenge. <laughs> I think the next person who speaks has to have a lower voice. <laughs> yes, sir. What's It occurred to me this week that uh,
4: the don't m- go high
0: now. Don't go. Don't try and push it high. <laughs> it occurred to me that the main reason I came to see A. Ottman. Yeah, A. The main reason you came to see A. Ottman. a Ottman.
2: In the hope that I might hear a prolonged Dan Tetzel Stuart Lee impression. Oh, you hope you might hear a lot of... You
0: won't hear it. It's not going to happen this week. He wants a prolonged Dan Tetzel Stuart Lee impression. We don't... It's not a request show. Not yet. It practically is, but it's not. We see, I was going to do some more Family fortunes. That was quite good fun. Anyway, remember last week it was good. and That literally happened to me last week. I did a sketch run Stuart Lee. That's what occurred to me last week. So, um... We'll take one more as long as there's no poo and it's in a lower voice than that man. Okay, the man I was looking at.
4: It's just because. You that know. is a high voice.
0: <laughs> That's not even trying. Unless you're like one of those folks who you like Alan Ball. You go, like, oh, hello, hello sweet. Then... Because you were talking about pooing. Oh, well, it's about pooing. No, was about four. When you were four. That, that, that is not. We've just, it's not what's occurred to me this week or oh, sometime I have poo. <laughs> in my life that isn't the name of the section it might become the name of the section <laughs> do have a story I'm... we might do another section just about tell us a funny poo story there McKendie can put in a Nigel Rees book of poo is Nigel Rees still alive or is he yeah he's alright it's Mars to diving in <laughs> so, similar to je parle poulet <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> chicken poo uh, sorry get yeah.
3: I was in France. You were in France? And I've never seen a B day before.
0: You've never seen a B day? I can see where this is going, eh? B days in Italy, right? I thought it was a toilet
3: special. Yeah, of course you thought it was a toilet,
0: didn't you? So I did a poo in it. You did a poo? That is, that is hope over that experience that the poo is going to go down a uh, plug hole. I didn't think that. You didn't think it through, did you? There's a toilet right next to it, so you are in fact the man who's done a poo closest to his own toilet. So I've been on this driving course uh, in, uh, in uh, Ipswich uh, and going to Ipswich for four hours is punishment enough I have to tell you for anything uh, it, was, it was kind of weird because it was this sort of stealing of shame but pride it was like it reminded me going into there it felt a bit like the occasions when for research I've been into sexually transmitted disease clinics for research the research is to find out how I can stop my urine really hurting apparently is to take uh, antibiotics of some kind and uh, there is that kind of feeling of everyone's a bit ashamed but then also there's kind of pride that you're a sort of criminal, there was a 70 year old woman who uh, was the first person to arrive who was like a bit ashamed but also like said oh when I I talk to everyone in the family they've all admitted they've been speeding and they never told, they never knew anything about it Uh, it's quite interesting because the guy who ran it told me that uh, one time They've been a husband and wife, they both—they haven't told each other that they're at speeding fines. They both left the house that morning going, oh, goodbye, see you again, I'll see you tonight. And they both turned up at the same speed, which is fantastic. Uh, but uh, the, all the, I was really hoping there would be some, as it occurs to me, gold in this. I really only went to this, I was thinking, this will be good, because I'll get 15 minutes out of this. But it was quite boring, as I said uh, in, the, in the intro in the first half of the people here. It was like a guy for four hours basically asking us questions. Uh, that he knew we would get the wrong answer with. I did one earlier, I asked a guy where the most accidents happen on motorway, rural road, or, or, or a town or a town road, and he said the motorway, which is wrong, that's what everyone thinks 4% of accidents happen there, you idiot. Uh, and hardly anyone dies, you're moving in the same direction, think about it, idiot. Uh, uh, and mo- you know, most people who die on the motorway are run over, they're pedestrians. Yeah, there you go. They've run over because they've got out of their car, don't get out of their car. Oh. In the motorway, or if you do, you know, get out of the motorway. Uh, so I'm giving you some useful. I'm giving you lots of useful information uh, about it. But uh, all that actually happened. There was a kind of. There was a younger, young, two younger, separate people there uh, who probably like in the early twenties. And uh, they started talking during the interval. They started the little break. They started talking uh, to each other, and they were getting on quite well. And I thought that would be quite a nice little play, wouldn't it? Or a nice if they met up and fell in love and had a child. That child would have only lived as a result of them both having broken the speed limit. So actually speeding can create life not <laughs> so you should speed in the hope that I mean I met a 70 year old woman that's about as far as I got she was happy to dance though in front of that chair so but <laughs> <So, laughs> lots of things you know I thought travelling at 35 miles an hour wasn't that bad I in the 30s so you've got a 20% killing, chance of killing someone at, yeah I'm, to you Mr Motorway. don't know anything about driving <laughs> 30% chance of killing someone, at 30, uh, 20% chance of 30, 50% of 35. That's something you one in two people you hit will be killed. And I, I went and tried that and it was true. <laughs> Good. So that was Ipswich day. It's, a day. it's worth not speeding to avoid. I don't think that you, you all have to go to Ipswich. Be a ta- it's because I did it near to Ipswich, I think. But that would be quite If you find out that you have to go to Ipswich, it was a, it was a hellhole. Let's go.
4: As it to me.
5: What's that sound? It's Ipswich switching off right now where it would be If the switch had been invented in Ipswich
0: (laughs) Saturday! They are are backwards, that's what we're saying there. It's hard to believe that adverts could get any worse than they are already, but seemingly every day a new shitter advert comes out making the Halifax advert where the man tricks his friend into giving him his car keys look like Don Draper's best (laughs) idea ever. (laughs) The new Nadia of advertising that I saw on Saturday is also weirdly set in a pretend radio studio, which makes me wonder if advertising agencies are involved in some kind of inter-agency competition to see who can create the set shittest advert set in a fake radio studio because it seems odd. This new ad, I don't know if you've seen it, it's got Johnny Vaughan and Lisa Snowman from Capital Radio. It's for that like, really weird product It's this unappetising looking breakfast biscuit and the way they're trying to convince you that eating biscuits for breakfast is a good idea is by getting Johnny Vaughan to craply commentate on what a bad idea it is. It's reverse psychology they're trying to trick you into doing it before before putting too much ketchup on his bacon and egg sandwich thus proving that his idea of breakfast is ridiculous. Uh, But the line, this is the worst line I think there's ever been in an advert. It's it's said by Vaughan. I don't know how long it took them to come up with this, but this is the line. Biscuits for breakfast. What's next? Marmalade for
4: lunch. (laughs)
0: that really the best they could do? I mean, yeah, they're trying to make Vaughn look stupid for not liking biscuits for breakfast like a normal person would, but surely there's something more ridiculous than eating marmalade for lunch. It's not that bad, is it? Unless you're eating right, massive handfuls of just marmalade and not stuffing it into your mouth and around your face, and when your mouth is bulging full of marmalade, you still put more marmalade in it, trying to push it past the other marmalade while sitting on the floor, mass. Onto the marmalade, then picking up the kind of combination of spunk and marmalade, and rubbing it into your face and trying to eat that. But that would be insane. That would be at lunchtime, especially. But but just eating marmalade at lunch is not. I mean, what about brunch? That's you'd have marmalade on toast for that. If you want to mock the notion of biscuits for breakfast by mentioning something unlikely, then surely Johnny should have said biscuits for breakfast. What's next? unicorn shitting talking pineapples onto your head. There, that would be... That would be unusual. That would not be happening. And if the client was still insisting the marmalade thing had to be in there, then maybe one of the talking pineapples could then say, Biscuits for breakfast? What's next? Marmalade for lunch? Because, you know, coming from a talking pineapple, that is... That becomes an incredible thing to say, you know, especially if it's come by a fruity portion of unicorn faeces. Uh... (laughs) Johnny should have taken the advert if they, if they let him take the piss, probably. I think the best thing he could have said was... Those biscuits look like shit. Like the kind of dry, inevitable, scurvy-inducing
2: crusts you
0: give to convict sailors. That... That would be a better thing. I mean, it wouldn't really promote the product as well, but at least Johnny Vaughan would emerge with some dignity. Johnny Vaughan, if you're listening, I hope you're embarrassed by those adverts, but if you're not, then I feel embarrassed enough for you to ensure that the overall level of embarrassment is correct still. I am I don't want if you think this is about Johnny Vaughan. I don't have a problem with him, because hundreds of celebrities are doing exactly the same thing. It kind of upsets me to see Johnny Vaughan doing because I used to like him on the big breakfast and he was funny. What happened, Johnny? How did it come to this? Selling your soul to sell biscuits for breakfast. What's next? Selling your grandmother to encourage people to eat marmalade for lunch <laughs> I suspect Johnny might stick out his chin if, he, if I hear, heard this and say he doesn't care the advert's shit because he did it for the money and who knows he might have got a six figure sum, who could blame him for taking the job? Me I could blame him because that makes it worse, the poor saps having to act their way through those awful Halifax adverts are struggling actors who need the money and they deserve it for being able to sing Isa Isa Baby without <laughs> without blushing or vomiting or slitting their own wrists <laughs> thinking, why has my life come to this? But... That is proper good acting, but Johnny Vaughan, he probably makes a million pounds a year on Capital Radio alone. How much money do these people need? Having loads of money should mean you don't have to do hopeless shit like this. Yet you see Little Britain milking the last ounce of cash out of characters that have already made them multi-millionaires. Why? Lionel Richie chucking himself through windows to sell his cris- Johnny Rotten smearing butter down his trousers so he can be fucked up the arse by everyone he claimed to hurt. What's what's driving you to do. You're making money doing what you're doing. You don't need to do these shit advert. The, 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 the breakfast biscuit ad is so bad. I'm hoping out it turns out to be a clever viral ad campaign for Capital Radio itself. I hope, that's the only way I'm going to excuse Johnny Vaughan. If it turns there can't be breakfast biscuits. That can't biscuits for breakfast.
4: What's next? <laughs>
0: now continuing the advertising thing. Uh, over to Christian Riley for his topical song.
3: Thank you So this week animal welfare groups slammed Costa Coffee For using monkeys bred in captivity for their new TV commercial And I wanted to weigh in with a protest song
4: Humans look out
5: there everywhere Monkey Barista's got you running scared You took them from their homes and families And brought them to a life of slavery They're gonna punish you For what you've done,
4: yeah
5: They've got hot liquids and opposable funds. yeah Crazy monkeys Crazy monkeys, crazy monkeys, (laughs) crazy monkeys. There's a revolution in your coffee shop. The Reese Sandinistas are never gonna stop. You paid them peanuts and you took the rest. Now they're gonna pelt you with their monkey mess monkeys in adverts and subconscious nepotism Feel the heat as they hurl their angry monkey jism Crazy monkeys Crazy monkeys Everybody Crazy monkeys Everybody. Crazy monkeys, <laughs> Crazy monkeys. Just the mandrills. Crazy monkeys. Crazy hot monkey just around
0: in your face, motherfuckers. Christy Money. Mucking trees. Christy Money, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That is the only song in the world. The rhyme, nepotism with monkey definitely. <laughs> that is the first time that has happened. Uh, anyway, that's uh, nearly the end of the show. We'll, we'll do our adverts ourselves. There's one more opportunity to see As It Occurs To Me Live this year. That's back at the Bloomsbury on the 1st of November. Uh, buy your tickets now. It might be the last. AI Ottoman, AI Ottoman, oh. AI Ottoman. So, do try and come along if you can. If no one comes, it will be the last one. <laughs> uh, my DVD, Hit the Mustache, is out this week. You can buy it in the shops. But go to www.gofasterstripe.com and you'll get an exclusive disc of extras. It's much better to get it there. Uh, and you can get an AR to my CD there as well and hear about the, uh, the Burger King toilets uh, six times. Uh, and uh, there's details on my and bike tour at www.richardherring.com. Well, that is the end of another brilliant show that uh, will be oh, hi, nothing. Sorry. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Um... Some unexpected guests arriving at page twenty.
7: That is unexpected. Hi. Uh, yeah, we're from a big advertising company, Sachi and Satchi. Oh,
2: isn't it Satchi and Satchi? Oh, no, no, that's a different one. Ours is called Satchi and Satchi. I'm Ian Satchi,
7: and I'm his sister, Iana Sachi. and uh, we're. Quite a proposal for you.
2: Yeah, don't think we haven't noticed that things have been going yeah, pretty well for you lately.
0: Well, you know, I've been doing work, I've been working quite mm-hmm. hard. I
7: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, after quite a few years of muddling along, getting nowhere, suddenly it's Richard Harry's here. I wouldn't
0: say that. it's Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I mean Managing Director of Vault Information <laughs> Science, area. I mean,
0: we can work with someone like you. you. Oh, hold on, I think you I might have got me confused. Hey, how would
7: you like to earn £100,000 for one afternoon's work? Well,
0: you know, VIS will give me the day off from uh, you know whatever, whatever I do that man I direct. See, we've got a brand new product that we think is going to be a smash.
2: It's it's going to take someone of your caliber to convince the British public that it's what they need.
7: What? What's the thing? Well, I'm glad you asked. Lunch marmalade.
4: (laughs)
2: Yeah, you heard us. Marmalade for lunch—it's the—it's the next big thing. Big clumps of marmalade in individual serving packages. Mm. Yeah, suck the marmalade right out of the opening.
7: Yeah, or pour it into your hand and lap it up like a cat—a cat that likes marmalade.
2: All that the busy, go-getting managing
0: director needs at lunch. Mm. Yeah, do you want to try some? Lunch marmalade It's just like Johnny Vaughan
4: predicted. It's
7: yeah, like yeah, the whole—yeah, uh, the whole breakfast biscuit thing that was just made up by us and. To put the idea of lunch marmalade into nice. people's heads. That's the only thing
0: I yeah. remember from the advert. Let's get right. it out.
7: Yeah, that's right. And here it is. Lunch marmalade, it does exactly what it says on the top bit of the packaging that says lunch marmalade. That's the slogan. Yeah. Lunch marmalade, it does exactly what it says on the top bit
5: of the packaging that says lunch marmalade. Yeah, it's good.
7: yeah. It's good. It's good.
0: Lunch it's marmalade, what, what, do you, what do you think? Eat it! <laughs> Mm, yeah, it's delicious. It, it is quite marmalade, is Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah.
7: I mean, remember, sure. it is going to feel a little bit odd now because yeah. it's about 9:30 p.m. Yeah, I mean, lunch, lunch, lunch
2: marmalade at supper marmalade. time. What's next? Breakfast biscuits at tea time. Oh, <laughs> hey,
7: that's. That's good right back down yeah, because we can be use that. that next campaign. We try and get people to eat biscuits at tea time. No, no that one you can
0: never get biscuits at tea time. That's ridiculous. Anyone? I'm not sure about this. After I've, all I've said about advertising, you know, I wouldn't be selling out. To... Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, do you want an obscene amount of money or not? You know, it's much easier to oppose adverts when no one's offering you. To yeah. <laughs>
7: You uh, sign here? Now, uh, the ad is set in a fake radio studio. Yeah, a fake
2: radio studio? Yeah. yeah, we're on course to win a little wager. Um, you're doing a show with Andrew Collins, I don't know if you know him. Uh,
7: you're eating a sandwich. And you're getting mayonnaise everywhere. everywhere. You look like a twat, but Collings has a sachet of marmalade. I'm not sure. Shouldn't I be the one
0: eating the well, much marmalade? Think of the
2: money. Yes. Think of the money. Think of the money. It's
0: a lot of money. I just—I think against I don't know if I can do it. Can I think about? It? I've got it until okay, sure. November the first. The next sure. show. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll think. I'm going to stay strong, sure. though. You know, I do have to say though. I—the thing is, I really like this product. Genuinely. I mean, it is something that I would endorse for no money at all. And you know, I would be—I'd be helping everyone who works in the British Marmalade industry. Oh, you I mean, You'd be a hero. A hero to the British Marmalade. <laughs> Association. I'll definitely, I'll definitely give it some thought till the mm. next show. Anyway, see you everyone. Thanks
1: for
7: coming. Bye. As it gets to me was written and performed by Richard Marion with Dan Tester and me, TB 105. Richard and Riley did all the views with it. it. was produced by Ben Rick. Thanks to Danny, Paul Matt Ricardo, and everyone at the Destiny Square Theatre. Special thanks to Orange Orange Market, British Comedy Guidance, and the Avalon Square Detective Club's production. Thank okay, you very much. Thanks for coming. Come again on the 1st of
4: November. Bye.
2: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
0: Thanks for listening. richardherring.com slash gigs. Gofasterstripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on on the
4: Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.